Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Kevin David Thomas, and this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Broadway Curtain Podcast. Plus, you can always listen to all of our episodes old and new on the Broadway Podcast Network, iTunes, and Spotify. My trusty co-host Rob is off on another assignment, so it's just me today, and boy, am I lucky. Today's guest is a true legend of Broadway and the artistic guardian to one of the most groundbreaking musicals ever created. She first appeared on Broadway in the original King and I, and then followed it with such shows as Flower Drum Song, Golden Boy, Promises Promises, where she was one-third of the show-stopping Turkey Lurkey Time, uh, Seesaw, and perhaps the role for which she is best known, Connie, in a chorus line. So. To tell us what it was like to work with such legends as Yul Brynner, Gene Kelly, Irving Berlin, Michael Bennett, Tommy Toon, and so many others, here is the Tony Award-winning 4'10 Bundle of Dynamite, Bjork Lee. Welcome, Bjork. Thank you so much for joining us. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> well, we like to set it up pretty well here. So, wow, oh, wow. I can't believe I did all those things and I'm still watching. <laughs> <laughs> and still a bundle of energy constantly. I'm still I mean, here. I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. In, in many ways, doesn't it feel like time, you know, do you feel all of those things that you've done? I feel like that's such a cliche question, but, you know, there's so much more that you want to do. Do you ever just sit back and say, wow, I did that. I, I don't need to work as much anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that never occurs to me. In fact, I forget the things that I have done. Yeah. Because uh, when I started with the, the King and I, I was five. And right. then at the age of eight, I was fired because I outgrew my costume. And, um, and Yul Brynner gave me a beautiful pin of three headed white elephants. And in Thailand, the white elephant is very sacred. Uh-huh. And the elephants were side, right and left and forward. I didn't understand it at the time. It was a beautiful pin. And he said, Bayork, I want you to look left and I want you to look right and ahead. Never look back. Uh-huh. And um, I have just taken that. I don't. I forget what I've done. You know, I just put yeah. one foot in front of the other and let the universe just take its course uh, with my agent, <laughs> right, and, right. And, uh, you know, just take the things that I love and work with the people that that uh, that are talented. It's just uh, it's just been uh, an amazing journey that I have had all these years. You've been doing it since you were five. Now, tell us. Well, let's back it up even more. Where where were you born? I know you grew up in Chinatown, but were you born in Manhattan proper? Yeah, in Chinatown. And where? What did your mom and dad do? Remind us. Uh, my father had a restaurant in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. My mom is just, a, you know, a, a, a housewife. Yeah. And they were looking for children for the king and I. And they came, the casting people, and they came to our school and they came to the restaurants. And so we all went uptown to audition. Were you dancing? Were you already no, performing at that point? 
Well, problem. I don't know. Like, did they get you in a class at four? <laughs> but you must have had some inclination that like this performing thing was for you. Did you ever see any shows before that time period? No, no, you... We never saw a Broadway show. We never. No. no, you know, this was something, something, a new adventure. And your yeah. parents were just okay with it. This idea uh, of like, let's. My let's... father wasn't, but you mm. know, um, all the kids were going up. You know, right. so well, I I went with them. <laughs> and did any other friends make it in make it no, you know past I the first one that made it <laughs> what yeah. was it why <laughs> I mean um, like... I don't know um what I had uh you know I was an Asian kid that's what they were looking for right I didn't sing or I didn't dance I didn't they just looked at me and they were just picking the kids I guess your destiny is your destiny yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I I can't believe that you know just from that uh, massive group of kids who right. were professional. There were a lot of professional kids who had been in uh, South Pacific and other shows. Yeah, and there I was. But I'm telling you, uh, the impact. First of all, for us to go from Chinatown past 14th Street was a big deal. Right. You know, no, but you know, there was no reason for us to go past 14th Street. Everything was there, department stores and uh, restaurants and everything. So going to 44th Street to the Majestic <laughs> Theater was like a big, big, big deal. Yeah. So five, come on. And I loved the theater. I would have my mother bring me early. Really? And Wilbur, the doorman, would take care of me. And he would take me around, you know, and there would be ghost lights and things like that. And I, he would pick me up to sign me in. I, I love being the oh. first to sign my name on that paper, right. you know, just little things like that. And then I would watch the dancers warm up and they were uh, from School of American Ballet. I mean, they were mm -hmm. with Jerome Robbins with the New York City Ballet. And then there was Yuriko, who was with the Graham School. So you have the mixture of the ballet and the right. and I would just say, what are they doing? And uh, I would say to my mother, ask them what they're doing. I want to do that. <laughs> and uh, they said, you know, we, um, we're we warming up and this is a ballet warm up or this yeah. is a modern warm up or whatever. And uh, the kids, they put us on the eighth floor, which was the fly floor. Uh -huh. And so we got to sneak and open up that fly floor. And I could watch uh, Yuriko dance the Uncle Tom's ballet. Yeah. And I said, I want to be a dancer. So uh, with the help of Jerome Robbins and the um, Rogers and Hammerstein organization, I got to enroll at the School of American Ballet, you know, Balanchine School. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Jerome Robbins was helping Balanchine choreograph the first Nutcracker. Right, and so he, right. he used all the kids. So I got to work with Balanchine and I stayed in the school for 12 years getting my technique. But along the way, Blow a drum song was auditioning, and we right. I, we heard about it, and I went to the audition, all grown up with a little ballet technique. Yes, and uh, Richard Rogers remembered me and asked me if I wanted to be in the show. So that's how. So I was I was one of the kids in Blow a Drum right. Song. And the I story mean, that I always tell is that uh, my dan at the dancing school, Michael Bennett would come down every summer, uh, and he would take class, and he has told me years later, he said, um, I don't know if you remember this, but the day that you got blow a drum song, you came back to the school and you said, oh gosh, I'm <laughs> going to do my second Broadway show. He said, I was so jealous of you because uh, I, you know, I was still living in Buffalo when yeah. studying. So that's my Michael Bennett that's, funny story that he yeah. was jealous of Michael Bennett, jealous of me. Come on. Well, yeah. <laughs> so. it, it seems like such a small, you know, in those days, it feels like such everyone knew each other it almost. It, you know, it felt like a small, I mean, I guess if you were a dancer, it was especially. Much smaller. The, yeah. the community was much smaller. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I've, I've just had a wonderful career because one day um, I, I was enrolled at Performing Arts High School, which is the right. LaGuardia School. Yeah. And uh, they said that uh, we could not perform or do anything like that. And I must say that Elliot Feld, who left the school to do West Side Story on Broadway, he never went to school. And so the, they said, <laughs> no more, no more, no more, no wow. more. So I, I'm in the school and um, 
I get flower drum song and I say, I'm, I'm going to do both. <laughs> Sneaky. And so I had an agreement with management that I, at on Wednesdays, uh, when the bell rang, because the school was on 46th Street, right. I would run at three o'clock and I would throw my costumes down and Ray, my dresser, she would have my costume ready. She would take my books and I had my makeup on already. And I would just walk on the stage, you know, like a three can or something <laughs> like that. And I was getting away with it. My girlfriends would help me. I would hide in, you know, at lunchtime, put my makeup on and oh they would you know, guard the doors. So one day I'm gotten. I have gotten very brazen and I come out between shows, full makeup, and my ballet teacher is walking by the school oh, of no. the theater. And she said, You haven't left the show? <laughs> and I mean, I'm in full makeup with lashes. Right, then. right, right. <laughs> so the next day I was called into school with my mother and they said, You have to make a decision. You leave the show or you leave the school. And of course, my mother said, She's leaving the show. So I left the show oh, to wow. continue my education. <laughs> so you could be a good student. Now, there's a name that we should probably talk about that was involved with uh, Flower Drum, and then later when you did Bravo Giovanni, Carol Haney. I feel like we uh, we don't get to talk about Carol Haney enough and really honor sort of the legacy and, and the and the the. Carol you know, Haney. It's so funny because I just watched her in Pajama Game again oh, a couple so of days ago, and uh, timeless. She's so, so talented, Carol Haney realized that even though I was a kid, I had ballet training and she put me into the flower boat ballet and I danced with the adults. And then, I don't know, I never sang or took lessons or anything. For some reason, they must have been desperate, but (laughs) they made me the understudy to the Fantan Fanny Singer. Okay. And she had to wear high heels and, uh, you know, Chinese dress. And I'm sure they thought this kid is never going to go on. Well, I come running in from school one day, throw my books down. I run on the stage. When I cut off the stage, they said, you're going to be singing Fantan Fanny. I did not know how to walk in high heels. (laughs) Um, There was Carol Haney, three inch heels, walking me around the basement in, in, and I, oh my goodness. She taught me how to walk in high heels, Carol. Because you're all of what, like 14 or so, 15, 16, Not I guess. Yeah. 14. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but you did it. <laughs> Not even 14. Not even 13. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. But uh, the funny thing is that she remembered me. Yeah. And the day after I graduated from, a little, uh, from uh, performing arts high school, I got a phone call and it was Carol Haney. Uh-huh. And she said, you're out of school. <laughs> <It's a guess. laughs> I'm doing a show called Bravo Giovanni. And um, I thought about you and I would like you to be in the show. And I said, well, you know, I'm supposed to go to Juilliard or uh, in in um, September. She said, this is only for the summer. Come for the summer. We don't know if it's going to go to Broadway or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, my God, another mm-hmm. show. <laughs> so, uh, so we go out of town. We go to. Detroit or wherever we go to. And of course, it's coming to Broadway. Yeah. And I said, Ah, oh, Juilliard, you know, I'm going to Broadway. <laughs> and so we're at the Broadhurst Theater. Oh, of course. And we, we, uh, Cesare Sieppi, Michelle mm-hmm. Lee. And of course, we didn't run that long. And I'm sitting on the fire skate. And across the street is the St. James Theater, where I had been with Flower Drum and King and I. Yeah. Painting this big sign, Mr. President, Irving Berlin's new show. And I said, oh, my God, wouldn't that be great? You know, but, you know, I've got to go to school. And all the girls were going to the audition. And, of course, I go to the audition. (laughs) And I am too short. I'm a kid. And so they hired me to be Nanette Febre's grocery girl and play all these, a little Eskimo girl that comes in from Alaska. Of course. And I'm doing all these little parts. These little bit roles. I'm I'm in Mr. President. (laughs) I'm in the dressing room of Mr. President and there's a knock on the door and they said, there's a man upstairs who wants to see you. So I go upstairs. This guy hands me his card. 
He says, I'm doing a show. Um, it's going to come to Broadway and it's called Here's Love. And I really think that, you know, you'd be good for it. We, you want, we want you to come and audition. Okay. And I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go down <laughs> and I look at the card and it is Norman Jewison is doing oh. Here's Love. And uh, I don't know who he is. He's okay. just done Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What, he's a movie director. And I go downstairs and I go, this man. And they said, oh, Norman Jewison, you've got to go. You've got to go. You've got to go. So I go. And the audition is for Michael Kidd. Okay. And, um, and of course, they need kids in the show. And then he saw that I had technique and that I could dance on point. Right. And uh, and so he put me in the show uh, doing the parade number on point with the older dancers. Yes. And then I was with the kids in Here's Love. And who do I meet? Michael Bennett. Again. <laughs> Michael Bennett is now grown up. Yes. We're out of high school. Right. Right. He's Bennett still visiting New York. He's still coming to town. <laughs> His first friend in town. Yeah. And he says, I don't want to dance anymore. I want to be a choreographer. And at that time, you had to have, in order to work, you had to really have a choreographer. You know, we had his dancers. Jerome Robbins had his dancers. Michael Kidd had his dancers. Right. But because I was floating around, I was a kid in all these shows, I didn't have a home, you know, where I worked. And if you had a choreographer, you did everything. You did the TV shows, you did uh, commercials, you did uh, Broadway shows, whatever your choreographer did, you you were Industrials, in. yeah. So Michael Bennett says, uh, I, I want to be a choreographer and you're going to be one of my dancers. I go, oh, I'm going to have a choreographer. And right. you really be a choreographer, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> who's going to let him in? Who's going to, you know, she's 20, 20 years old, 21. And 19, 19. Yeah. And he said, oh, I'm going to, you know, I said, you know, Bob Fosse's not going to let you in. Peter Gennaro's not going to look Michael Kidd. I mean, these are all men in their 40s. You know? Right, right. And he's going, yes, yes, but I want, this is what I want to do. And I said, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. So that's how Michael. And started. had you seen any of his work? Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> as a choreographer or anything? I mean, because you socialize and see him, but did you know what he was capable of? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> But what was happening was that Alan Johnson, uh, Larry Fuller, they were all gathering because they wanted to be choreographers, too. Okay. So they would get a group of dancers and we would do a couple of numbers and they would invite producers to come and see their work. Did you have any desire to create at this point? Were you, did you think, oh, I I just want to dance and have fun. (laughs) I just want to dance and I just want to work with all these wonderful people yeah i had no idea of of what the future would bring i just loved being in the chorus were there any in the in the 60s were there any other shows that you had a close call that you almost got but you didn't get 13 daughters oh uh, show uh jack cole i believe of jack famous jack cole the, you know and i auditioned for that show i couldn't believe i didn't get it <laughs> <laughs> because i had technique yeah. No, I I didn't get it. Okay. All right. Wow. <laughs> That's <laughs> wild. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Other things have to come down there. And Golden Boy, tell us a little bit about Gold. Okay. My goodness, so Sammy Davis Jr. All, all in between all this, I am doing Here's Love. Right. The uh, Meredith Wilson yeah. musical, the holiday uh, based on the, the kids, and I'm dancing yep. on my toes working. And Elliot Lawrence was our musical director. Right. And he comes down to the dressing room one day. He says, listen, I'm doing a show called Golden Boy with Sammy Davis. And uh, we need some kids to be shoeshine boys and things like that. And uh, I think that, you know, you should come and you should, you should come. Okay. And so I go and I audition for the shoeshine boy. And Jaime Rogers, um, who was in West Side Story, who also went to Performing Arts High School. He says, Performing Arts High School, you dance. And so I got in the show as the understudy to the shoeshine boy and one of uh, one of the kids dancing. Oh my goodness. And so I mean, all of this is happening while Michael Bennett's saying that he wants to be a choreographer. Yes. And so I I I'm in. 
gold, uh, in Golden Boy. And Sammy Davis says, now we're going to London. And he said, and now you're going to be my lead dancer. So, yeah, I became uh, one of the lead dancers. And I get a phone call. I'm in London, and it's Michael Bennett. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, listen, I'm doing a Broadway show, and uh, um, you're going to do it. And I said, well, I can't because I'm in London, and I'm under this contract. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, well, what do you have to do to get out of the-? I said, well, um, because I have a leading I'm a lead dancer. I, I have to have a part or I have to have something, right. you know. Right. Well, I don't know if he bought me out of my contract, but within a week or two, I was in New York <laughs> rehearsing for Promises, Promises, doing the turkey lurkey dance. <laughs> you know, I just let the universe take over. Right. <laughs> just... I'm, I am enjoying turkey lurkey. I'm enjoying dancing. And Michael Bennett, now he's taking the company to London. He's taking Donna McKechnie to London. He's taking the dance captain to London. And the first dance captain was Margot Sappington. Right, right. And he left very early on to choreograph Old Calcutta. Uh-huh. So now we have Betsy Haug, a Ron Lewis dancer. He's, she's now the dance captain. And he has to take her to London to do the London company with Donna McKechnie. Oh, my goodness. And he says... You're going to be the dance captain. And I went, oh, no, 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 no. I cannot give Jerry Orbach notes. No, 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 no. You have to do it. You have to do it. We're desperate. We're doing it. Uh, I don't know if they were desperate. Well, maybe. But yeah. they decided that I was going to be the dance captain. And that changed my life. That was the, the first time that you ever had a position like that. Putting in um, replacements. Right. Um, dealing with um, Jeverick Merrick's office. Right. Um, I mean, I I grew up really fast. So promises, promises. I, I knew the back of my hand. Huh. And, you know, he went off to do Follies, went off to do to work right. with Captain right. Pepper, he went off to do company. And, you know, I wanted to be in all those shows. Right. I had to take care of promises, promises, which had a three and a half year run. Oh, my goodness. Unheard of on Broadway. Yeah, no. And then I went off when the show closed. I went off doing it all over. All the productions everywhere. Who was the director? And I would put it on everywhere. So then I get this phone call from Michael. uh, Get to the airport tomorrow. Oh, Uh, we're going. We're going to Detroit. Oh, for you. And uh, so I get to the airport, and there's Tommy (laughs) Tune and Bob (laughs) Avi, and we're going to Doctor. Seesaw in Detroit at the Fisher okay. Theater. So we go to see the show and go, Michael, oh, Michael. Yeah. You know, yeah. He was, no, no, no. He said, I have a choice of doing Irene, fixing Irene, which was Ooh. down in Philadelphia. He's right. been in Philadelphia with Debbie Reynolds mm-hmm. or Seesaw. And he says, I think uh, we can do Seesaw. And between all of this, after Promises, Promises, and I'm all over around town, I see <clears> this ad saying, uh, the movie Jesus Christ Superstar uh, having auditions. Right. Uh, they they wanted uh, street performers and dancers and singers, you know, and so I got on the line. Finally, you know, they've just got to, you know, they're jugglers and they're people playing guitar and they're acrobats and I come on and uh, hi, bye. And one of the dancers from Henry Sweet Henry, he was the choreographer for the film. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Bayork. And next to him, hi, Bayork, it's Norman Jewison. <laughs> Would you like to go to Israel and be in the film? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> How can you say no? <laughs> Well, it says something about your tenacity and, and your, your attitude of not waiting for something to come to you, but you always seem to go after it, you know? You, you never just rested. Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, short Asian woman. There were no other Asians with the, you know, with the guts. 
Well, talk a little bit about that because it, you didn't see much, you know, representation in in movies and on stage, and you're sort of not even sort of, but you're the the trailblazer when it comes to that. I mean, did you ever feel pressure? Did you ever resent the fact that you didn't see anybody that looked like you on stage until you were literally the one doing it? Um, uh, you know, how did you grapple with that? I was very aware that I was representing. Yeah, I was very very aware all yeah. at all times. Yeah. Um, and, but I was glad it was me, Yes, you know, uh, that, that I was the chosen one. The, the Asian community was not that, that, uh, large, uh, of course, you know, people were doing the King and I, there was no right. Miss Saigon then. Nope. So it was only the King and I, and I, I went out of the box to go for it. And thank God I had Michael Bennett on my mm-hmm. side and, um, and always going wanting to work with with different choreographers right so now i'm i'm in i am in i'm in israel yes 125 degrees weather and <laughs> and on sitting on a rock uh are rocks are all the apostle bob lapone mm-hmm. uh tommy walsh uh, pie douglas okay so i made friends with all of them right and so now I, I go back and now we are doing seesaw <laughs> and Michael Bennett says to me, uh, uh, we need somebody. I said, there's this boy named Tommy Walsh and he's, she'd be fantastic. So, okay. so he gets Tommy Walsh and we are in the suite of the producer and I'm in the bath toilet with Bob Avian choreographing the Spanish number. And Michael Bennett is with Michelle Lee you know, in the living room, doing the scenes and changing the music while right and dialogue yeah. is calling on the phone saying, "You replacing me?" <laughs> yes, we've interviewed both of them actually and heard both sides of this. Wild and uh, what an incredible experience! And um, so I was left with Boberdale, yes, to help him uh, do the opening number. Michael said, uh, "You uh, you'll stay with Boberdale, and uh, when you finish with Bob, you'll go over and you work with Boberdale." He seems like he was really good at delegating, Michael. You know, that he it wasn't just him, but he had these assistants that helped sort of be able to do five things at once, almost. Well, it, it, I think this is the first show that he doctored. Yeah. And so, and, and so it was coming into Broadway, and he needed to, he had a great concept. And uh, um, he uh, he also put Tommy Toon in the show. Right, right. Tommy Hello. Award. Yeah, and uh, he changed the concept totally. I mean, we did and, the entire show basically. I mean, it, from, yeah. from beginning mm-hmm. to and end. he and he he practically wrote the book. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And did you feel that pressure while you or were you in the trenches and it was just we we have to do this? The show must go on. But did you feel that the weight of it all? You know, you're working with a genius. You're working with with a, a creative person who says, "Listen, this is what we're going to do with the number." And so, Tommy, I need this. Uh, in the number, and then bring it back to me. And Bayork and yeah. Bob, um, uh, here's the music, da 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 da, and we're going to put it on a flatbed. Da-da. It's already, yeah, but I need some people, you know. Are you working with this unbelievable mind? I don't know if there was pressure on me, but I'm, I'm telling you, the, the creative juices are flowing, and that's what theater's all about. Mm-hmm. Michael Bennett, when he described a number, he did it to to the nth degree he played all the parts uh he did the lighting he did the where the sets were going to move uh and then the orchestra comes in and we need something uh crescendo here he did everything you're working with a genius and of course he was a genius he was my friend who was jealous of me (laughs) right (laughs) you got your broadway shows first no but what, what would make you know if you were to advise if you know let's say he's you know there was a dancer or actor and they were coming to you in before rehearsals and they were to say you know how can i get along best with him how can i do the best work what what advice would you give to someone that was going to work with him in the room michael bennett is was extremely generous and and very um hands-on but also um, very accessible. Mm. You know, I mean, it, he didn't come from the generation where uh, you were terrified to even uh, look the wrong way because they were going to fire you. Right. Or, you know, he was the new guy on the block who right. was a dancer, yeah. who danced with all of us. 
Yeah. He was on Hullabaloo with Donna McKechnie. Right. You know, uh, he was boogalooing mm. with all of us. Right, and right. He, right there, we could talk to him. And that's one of the reasons why I think A Course Line was so successful, because yeah. we, we, we knew him. We trusted him. He was one of us. He was one of you. Yeah. 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 Right. How do you work with him? You do your best. Right. And also, there was the second person in the room, and his name was Bob Avian. Well. And he was the peacemaker. I mean, Michael, his brain worked so fast that Bob would have to uh, translate it for (laughs) us. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, he had things going. And the scenery's going here. Okay, and now uh, you're going to come out here. And Bob would say, okay, now, dancers. (laughs) 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 And you're going to come out here. This is what, you know, yeah. And how long, you know, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, but I feel like you might. When did they first get connected? Because it seems like they had a a working relationship for a very long time. Uh, Michael left school. He left high school in Buffalo when he got yeah. the uh, audition for West Side Story to tour Europe. Yeah. And that's where he met Bob. Bob. And Bob was his big brother. Yeah. Yeah. Bob was his big brother. Uh, you know, he, he came to New York and he never went back to Buffalo. He had roommates. And uh, then he got on Hullabaloo. And that's where he met Donna McKechnie. And he met most of his, the dancers that he used it, uh, to be part of his... Uh, Posse. <laughs> right. So, you know, and you were alluding to this earlier, you know, there were the, the Bob Fosse dancers and the Michael Kidd dancers. What makes up what 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 are the qualities that go into being a Michael Bennett dancer? Would you say the females have to dance like the male? <laughs> we had to. I'm telling you, Henry, sweet Henry. I was doing triple pirouettes and knee slides. What? <laughs> what makes up a Michael Bennett dancer? Michael Bennett. Every show, his choreography suited the show. Mm. The hoedown that we did in A, a Joyful Noise. Yeah. And uh, the dancing that we did uh, as uh, kids at school in Henry Sweet Henry. And then Promises, Promises, we were secretaries. And there were so many different styles. Whereas Bob Fosse and Jerome Robbins and all of them, they had already established their style. Right, right. Their and vocabulary. So you can really tell that that's a Fosse, that that's a Robbins, whatever you know. Right. Robbins very balletic and very, uh, um, Michael Kidd very athletic. Mm-hmm. Whereas Michael Bennett, whatever the show required, that's what he, what that's what we did. And what's it like to be in pre-production? Uh, you know, I imagine you were there with Michael a couple times where he was trying to create the vocabulary of what the dance would be, you know, for each shows. Mm-hmm. What's that like to be in a, in, a, in a room, not necessarily with actors, but in the creative process as, as far as coming up with choreography? Well, all I can say is that it came from his soul. Mm-hmm. Michael Bennett did mirror dancing. And Donna McKechnie did mirror dancing. I came from an established ballet school. They were in Detroit and in Buffalo dancing and creating in front of their mirrors. And so improvisation was so natural to them. Whereas I'm waiting for the teacher to give me the Give me the steps. Yeah, tell me what the moves are. (laughs) And whatever. And Michael Bennett would just dance. He would come in, throw off his coat. We had a drummer, Bobby Thomas, and he'd say, play the drums. And he would just dance. (laughs) And I always say that I didn't get this position because I was short and cute. (laughs) I got this position because I could write fast and I could really get Michael Bennett's choreography. You could observe it, yeah. And then I could write it down. And the next day, he didn't remember what he did. Right, we've heard this before. He had it all written down. Oh, my goodness. Because he just danced. He just danced. Good morning, Mama. Liza, darling. We've got to help the boys at Behind the Curtain. Oh, Broadway's living legends. Oh, it's marvelous. Well, what, what would they like? Some cream of wheat... No, Mama, they want some money. 
money. Well, let's send him a great big bag of money. No, all you have to do is go to patreon.com. You know, it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and, and you set up a monthly donation. Money makes a world go around, Mama. Oh, don't I know it? Patreon.com. Do it now. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So it's time to talk a little bit, I suppose, about the evening with Red Wine, um, the, the chorus line chat. I've interviewed like Donna. I've interviewed, we've interviewed a lot of the people that were there. When did it first percolate? You know, you've said that he's always talked about the fact that he wanted to do a show about dancers. How did it finally come to fruition? You know, because you were sort of the gatekeeper of the tapes at one point, aren't you? No, no, no. John Braleo. Oh, okay. Yeah, John Braleo. He has been, had them in the vault somewhere. I had a private tape session with Michael and yeah. Pam Blair, the two of us down at his house. You know, I was the Michael Bennett dancer. Therefore, you know, we had done television shows with him. We had done um, the Millican show with him. (laughs) The industrials, yes. I knew whatever he was going to do, I was going to be involved. I did not know what it was going to, I was going to be an assistant. Right. And so when he said, you know, um, he took the tapes to Joseph Papp with all the stories. And Joseph Papp said that he was going to give him a skeleton crew. Uh, and and uh, developed something. He didn't know if it was a book or a play or what. I knew that I was going to be involved, mm-hmm. whatever it was. And so I was the assistant choreographer on the show. I played the assistant. Yeah. That was my title. I was the assistant. That was the first workshop. So we would go in and uh, we would dance all day. And some of the vocabulary from the show uh, we created at that point. And then in the afternoon, Michael would sit us down and he'd say, okay, now we got to write a book. Right. So to, so our listeners really understand, of course, line wasn't just prepared and done. I mean, it was some, a process that took how long, would you say, Bayard? was a year that they were the, somehow the public had money to pay people to, to be in this room for a year to figure out what this piece was going to be. This is not usually the traditional, you know, process for a musical, at least not usually don't have that well, much time. Well, we were the ones that um, invented started it, the, really. the, the, the name work in progress. Right. Right. Um, but you know, you got car fare and a sandwich <laughs> and a hug. Yeah. So totally, you know, and you got, $50 or 75 I, I don't know how much it was, but it was yeah. it was nothing. Everybody was on unemployment, you know? Right. So Michael would say, you know, we would dance in the morning, and then in the afternoon we'd all sit around, and he'd say, okay, what were you doing at 5? And we'd go around 5, 5, 5, 5, 5. And then what are you doing uh, at 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6? And that is the premise of the show, because Mike starts at 4, Right. Then, then Bobby's next, and then Sheila, and we go all the way up until Val gets off the bus. Right. At, uh, hello, twelve. Hello, thirteen. Hello, mm-hmm. love. Whatever. And that's you know, it was just so simple. Uh-huh. We had a lot of smart people in the room too. Yeah. I mean, that so simple. Were now yeah. were you in it from the very beginning? Were you playing Connie as well as being the assistant? No, there was no Connie. There I was, was no Connie. Assistant. That was it. That I was the only role you had at that point. Yeah, that was the assistant, and I would say. I would look out front and I go, okay. And I turn around and say, he wants you to stay in a straight, go in a straight line. And then I go out front and I look again. He wants <laughs> you to collect your resume. So Michael says, that's not going to work. So now we have a voice. So he became the voice. 
Yeah. So now the voice told us what to do. So then, right. Then Michael went away to raise money and also to do a play. He wanted to do a play. And then when I came back, they had um, they called me up and said, listen, we've listened to your tapes. And Nicholas, Dante and I, we, we want to use your story on the line. And yeah. I said, well, who wants to hear about a short Asian girl that wanted to be a ballet dancer? He said, <laughs> don't worry. You know, we're going to develop things and blah, blah, blah. So then I became Connie. So yeah. I was always Miss Wong. And um, Neil Simon named me Miss Wong from Promises, Promises. And so then I went into Seesaw and I became Miss Wong again. I was the baby ballerina. But, you know, Tommy Chum would say Miss Wong, whatever. I was always Miss mm-hmm. Wong. So now Michael Bennett is watching the news and there's Connie Chong. Uh-oh. And so he said, she's going to be Connie Wong. Oh, my gosh. So, and I got to tell Connie Chung, you know. Really? Yeah, it was Michael's uh, birthday, and he had a huge party, and she was there. And I finally got to tell her that uh, I was there. (laughs) That's a fun anecdote. I had no idea. That's that's Mm -hmm. wild. At what point did you know, or was there a moment, a palpable moment, where you're in this workshop process, you don't know what the end product is going to be, even though in hindsight we all know now, but you, you almost think, well, th- didn't they all know how brilliant this show was going to end up? At what point did you realize, or was there a moment that you said, oh, okay, I think we got something here. I think this is going to be, let alone last for 15 years on Broadway. You know, But was there a moment that you realized this is something special, not just insider talk? Well, we were so worried about did I get the right note or is he going to take that line away from me? <laughs> right, uh, right. So, you know, I mean, it was changing, you know, 24 hours later, there was a book change, a, a new song came in, and you know, it was all of that. We started previews and Bob Lapone said to me, come here. And he said, look out the window. Mm-hmm. And there were a line of limousines and Lucille Ball Groucho Marx, oh my goodness. Um, uh, Diana Ross, Kennedy's wife, what's her name? Mrs. Onassis. Onassis, yeah. I mean, everybody was coming out of these limousines besides theater people. Yeah. And I said, oh, I guess this is something. Maybe. We had no idea. We had wow. no idea. And Michael had always said to us, and we said to ourselves that, the process was so, um, we became so close uh, during this process that if nothing happened with it, at least we experienced, it was group therapy and mm-hmm. we didn't realize it. Yeah. yeah. It was truly group therapy because we all had our nervous breakdowns telling our stories besides what was on the tapes. You know, then Michael really went into depth when we yeah. sat around talking with, with, with all of us. Yeah. Was that it was, hard to see yourselves up on stage at all in, in, in a more dramatic fashion? Was it, did anybody ever take issue with it? I mean, it, cause that's, it's very raw yeah. to see yourself, you know, on stage. And we never saw ourselves because we were never allowed to go out to watch the show. Oh, <laughs> okay. But our parents, parents really had issues. Yeah. With, yeah. Uh, you know, Tommy Walsh's father, an alcoholic. Yeah. You know, Kelly Bishop's mom, whose father was unfaithful. I mean, on and on and on. Yeah. They would come back in tears. And Donna McKechnie's father passed away. Oh. Um, you know, just yeah. a lot of things because her story was Maggie. Right, right. You know, um, yeah. Wow. So. That's some real heavy stuff. But then get a whole generation of people. I've learned and loved and appreciated, you know, the art form because of it. It really is a, a true legacy. Most of all, you know, uh, Marvin wrote a song for the Richie character and the Connie character. Right. And it was all about, you know, I was had done Flower Drum and I had done King and I. He had done Pearly and he had done uh, Hello, Dolly with Pearl Bailey, you know, oh, and back Pearl and Bailey. forth. And yeah. who, so he, uh, you know, my subtext is he's my competition. Our, that's our subtext. Right. He's our competition because at that time, equity was saying, you know, you have to hire one, one person. One person of in the show. Of, yeah. And um, so he is my competition. <laughs> and uh, Michael, uh, we sang the song one night and the next night it was cut. 
And of course, Ronnie and I went, you know, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, we, we need to address this issue and blah, 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 blah. And he said, Bayork, I have bigger fish to fry right now for myself. I know it's a big issue. He said, but the Paul monologue, I really need to fight for the Paul monologue to be in the show. And he said, somebody, somebody will write shows about race. And, and he said, but right now, I really need to get this monologue in the show. Because that's what people were saying, you know. Right. Nobody ever said, I'm a homosexual. I had right. been, you know, right. uh, sexually abused as a kid. You know, that, all of that was not. And these are, you know, we were the first reality show. Yes. These were people up there talking about their lives. The real lives. Yeah, real families, real like life. we were just saying. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So we, you know, we swallowed it. We were upset. But, of course. you know, how many years later, um, 47 years later, it's still all the roles are important. But most of yes. all, that Paul monologue has brought so many people out of the closet and oh so many letters. And even today, the revival and in Spain with Antonio, we're still getting letters from people saying, you know, they're being bullied and, you know, um, the the monologue has helped them so Gives much. Them a voice. Yeah. To have a voice. And also for, you know, little short Asian, not even Asian, but just tiny little ladies who, yes. who would write me and say, listen, I'm coming back to Broadway. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't have to be five five and have blue eyes and you know, uh, right. I'm coming back. And I mean you, you see the diversity now more than ever. Yeah. You know. And I feel like you have you were a part of that. I mean, you because of, of of your presence and because of I mean, especially everything you've done with the National Asian Artist Pro uh, Project. Mm -hmm. You know that you've been a part of uh, that you created. I was uh, I was in South Africa helping them uh, create a, a theater company to uh, go into the townships to talk about AIDS. And there we were, you know, writing the script and going into the townships and everything. And I said. I have been all over the world with the chorus line helping. Um, and here I am in South Africa. I have never helped my own community. And so then I came back and I got to, uh, I got to direct the King and I uh, and my assistants, uh, Nina Zoe Lamb and Stephen Eng. You know, we were, and I said, where, where are all these uh, talented Asians going? They said, well, they're waiting for the next uh, King and I or the next right. Saigon. By then Saigon was on. And I said, I would like them to do Oklahoma and Carousel and all the, uh, you know, that, that they're never cast as. And I have been thinking about a company. And Stephen and Zoe said, if you're going to do it, let's do it now. And uh, with their help, we got it on, especially Stephen, getting us a, a grant to get a B yeah. a 501c3. I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't know any. I, I, I just had the passion. Right, and the right. And uh, we're 11 years old now. That's and amazing. we produced uh, Oklahoma Carousel, Hello Dolly, Oliver, Into the Woods, um, you know, and then some. We have a program uh, for original musicals that we cut down thirty minutes, and we have uh, Asian directors and we mm -hmm. have Asian artists, and uh, we get the scripts from NYU or Columbia or yeah. just uh, anyone who's writing uh, a new musical. Yeah. And that's called the Discover series. And then we have the Rediscover series where we put on the, the you know, big musicals. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've just done um, uh, Cinderella oh, with wow. Alan Ewald. You know, oh. we did it just, be just before the pandemic. We did it March the 2nd and March the 15th. We were, you know, oh. everything shut down. But also I have an after school program at uh, PS124 in Chinatown where I grew up. Yeah. And uh, those kids are fierce. What's the program? They go down. Well, um, they sing, dance, and act. And they go down to the Junior Theater Festival, which is run by Music Theater International. Mm -hmm. And um, they meet 6,000 other kids. We are the only ones from New York at the oh. first, first. Only ones from New York. Only ones. Only Asians. And the youngest. Because they started eight years old. Right. And um, they come back with their little trophies yes. and singing on the plane, 
Some of them never been on a plane oh, uh, or, 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 or seen 6,000 other kids that love musical. Right, right. So, it's so uh, important for kids to have that outlet, to have that, yeah. you know, the, and, the uh, arts. Also, I started a choir because a lot of my adults, you know, they can't afford singing lessons and they had to be ready for the next show. And so I started a choir and they come and they sing uh, Roger and Hammerstein or they sing Cy oh. Pullman and they sing yeah. whatever. So they used to just sing with the books, you know, and right. uh, they were based in Chinatown also at the school. And um, so I have a membership of 35 to 50. And then I started wrenching a, a little space for them to start moving. Yeah. <laughs> your hands, you know, you got to do hello. You are just, Dolly. Well, you hello. are go, go, go. Do you still but, live in Chinatown? Do you still live in Chinatown? Uh, no, but I'm in Chinatown three times. All the times, of course, <laughs> yeah. of course. Um, and so this is when you are not directing and choreographing a chorus line all over the world. How, how often are you doing a new production of that, would you say? Well, I've done it almost every single year, except that during the pandemic, I've done yeah. two or three. Just before the pandemic, I was in uh, Malaga with Antonio Menderes. He was playing Zach. And I saw some great me. clips of that. Yeah. And uh, yes, she's wonderful. She's charming. And then pandemic happened. So all the job that I have, I'm taking a company to Japan in August. Yes. Um, I'm doing, uh, I've just done... Um, City uh, City Springs Theater in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I'm doing um, Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera in July. So a chorus line lives forever. And it's very important for me to pass this legendary show, this iconic show, on to the next generation. So I'm training. I'm, you know, I go in there and whoever I'm working with, I said, listen, you're going to be teaching this. Your, 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 your uh, high school teacher is going to call you. And right. they're going to say, listen, $500, you come and, you know. And so everybody that I'm working with, I feel that they are the next generation and they are going to be teaching a chorus line. And so I make sure that they have the notes. You know, if you have the smallest part, you're learning everybody's part. That's you're, right. You know, and I make them aware. Because Michael, when we were doing a chorus line, Michael would say, come on out here. I want you to look at the lights. I want you to see what Theron's doing. I want you to see what uh, Robin's doing with the set mm -hmm, because you're mm -hmm. going to be doing this. And I, I, you know, I went, oh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm worried about you taking my song away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm in Klagenfurt, Austria. And I get a, you know, I'm doing a chorus line and I get a call down from the, from the producer saying, listen, we didn't get the rights for the light for the, for the, you know, can you come down and help us? And here I am. I am designing the lights, the oh lights and the light cues. And I'm going, oh, okay. So he was right. And so I do the same thing. I do exactly the same thing. Is there pressure when that comes with that being sort of the gatekeeper of, of the legacy? Because you really are, this is a handed down art form. I deeply believe that, that you have to learn it from people that did it before you, right? Is Do you ever feel pressure that you're the person who now is 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 handing this is sharing this with literally the entire world um do you ever feel like that's that's a lot because the i appreciate the way you view it because it is um important that you keep the legacy alive but i wonder if there's a little pressure that comes um around. Uh, let me just say that opening night downtown at the public theater michael yeah. bennett came to me after the show i'm in my costume sweating <laughs> yeah yeah and people are still applauding and he says you are going to take this around the world. You are going to, this is what you're going to do. And I go, uh, I had just done two flop shows with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, saw, uh, come on. Right, right. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I'm going, oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Sure. And within weeks, he was telling us that we're moving to Broadway. Within huh. weeks. Yeah. We, you know, we didn't run that long right. because he wanted to, we, we got the OB and then he was wanted to get to Broadway for the Tonys. Yes. Because Chicago was already there yeah. and he wanted to get in there. And so it was going so fast that, okay, so now Michael Bennett has a five contract deal with Universal Pictures to do five films. And of course, line is going to be one of them. 
and blah, 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 blah. And uh, so, Bayer, if you're going to take care of this, after we opened on Broadway, he took the uh, the original pass to California. Huh. Four people didn't want to go. And so yeah. he had to replace four people in L.A. and a whole company in New York. And there was a company that was going to London. And so we had three companies going at the same time. And of course, Michael was there. And uh, we, the Tony's people hadn't come. And he'd say, Byrick, you come in in the morning. We have to do, you know, whatever. And then you have to go and do the show because Tony's people are coming. Yeah. And so I have been involved from day one. Because Michael has was going to go off and do films right, with Bob right, right. Adrian, and so I had a company in Australia, I had a company in London, I had, had a company in New York, I had a company in Los Angeles, and a company in San Francisco. Five companies that I took care of. That's and that's that wild. company in LA went to Chicago. I did all the um, auditions and I replacements, and uh, so I would go to New York. Then I would take a go to London. Then I would take plane to Australia, and then I would go to L.A. And when I got to L.A., I played Connie. Then I go up to San Francisco. Then I go back to New York, and then I started all over again. I have never felt. Of course, I had a nervous breakdown. (laughs) How did you socialize? How did you have a relationship? I mean, how did you? I'm like, it's insane. You're doing what you love and what you're supposed to be doing. So I have never felt that I was not a part of this show. I have never felt pressured because I was given the baton. Yes. And I remember the day that I went into the dressing room at uh, the Century Theater in L.A. And I said to the original cast, I just want to tell you now that I'm no longer going to perform, that I am going to be taking care of all of these companies. And I promise you that I will always give you credit mm-hmm. of everything that you've done and that I will be um, reproducing the show the way you created it. Oh, and I wow. told that to the original company and I have kept my promise. That's beautiful. Not only to Michael Bennett and to Joseph Papp and to Bob Avian, but to the original company who helped create the show. I have never felt, oh my God, you got to quit. Or, oh, my God, you got to, you know, I, I did feel that I needed to take a rest after doing all that for three years. I, I yes. did that for three years. And I just started just taking care of the international companies yeah. and letting my dance captains in New York and Chicago take care of that. But the international companies, I was very happy to to travel to all of these countries, you know. And, and you were happy stop. to stop performing as well. I mean, were you okay with that part of sort of you, saying, you I'm done? Film, Jesus Christ Superstar. Hello. I had 12 Broadway shows. Um, yeah, I'd say you're good since you were five years was, old. Yeah. It was, um, it was a great transition. It was a easy transition that, you know, Michael handing me the baton. It wasn't like I want to, I had something more to say on the mm-hmm. stage. I mean, after Connie, what am I going to do? Right. And, and the central girl in, in Turkey Lurkey. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all preserved and we can see it. It's all, you know, that's, yeah, it's yeah. Really something. Um, and so the, the transition was very, very painless and, yeah. and very easy for me because he went on to do Dream, uh, dream Girls and uh, Ballroom yeah. and, you know, so many Art other things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He did not make the film. Uh, we were disappointed about that. Yeah, a lot of people. But um, he just couldn't deal with the suits, as he called them. Yes. The suits, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a he was a free um, thinker, real free he's thinker. A, he's a Broadway person. He's a yeah. theater person, and that was a whole different uh, way of thinking. Yeah. yeah. Up there. Yeah. Wild. But wild. I, I have to give Bob Avian credit. Bob Avian uh, has stuck with him through thick and thin. He's the other half of Michael Bennett. Yeah. Um, well, I would say you're a big time. part of that too. I mean, uh, you're. Yeah, the one of the hands. Us, you know, the three of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, no, and and for a partnership to last that long, especially when one when when we tragically lost Michael Bennett so early, the fact that you and Bob could still maintain it for so long, I, 
I don't know. It's, I feel like more should be talked about with that because that is quite a partnership to last so many decades, you know, and to preserve it. And, uh, you know, um, even though Bob was doing his own thing in London, I was left to to still take care of a course line. But yeah. I could always get on the phone and say, Bob, this is happening, blah, 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 blah. What should I do? Or, you know, there was always Bob there. Right. And, you know, he, he passed away. And uh, so sad um, that I don't have that that person there. That partner. Yeah. Yeah, and, that and partner. But, so you long. know, he's answered all the questions. <laughs> he's answered all the questions. I mean, 2025 will be 50 years old. And I have so many different situations of a chorus line. Oh, you my would goodness. not believe. <laughs> It's going to be I epic. Mean, with COVID in Barcelona, um, the poor, you know, he said uh, they usually eliminate the ladies and they lose, eliminate the men. You know, they didn't have anybody to eliminate. He says, oh well, goodness. everybody, you're all fine. You know, you're all fine. <laughs> 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 Amazing. You know, our, we're we're nearing the end and I, I just have one or two more questions, but I, I really just want to thank you so much for this this amazing time you have given us. Um, there, Many dancers are going to go into a chorus line and you've probably answered this many times, but what do you look for? What are you looking for in, in, a, in a performer that comes in front of you? And, you know, it's been a long day of auditions. You're, you've got a, I've got one shot to give you. And what, what are you, what are you looking for in a performer? Well, you know, a chorus line is an animal all by itself. Yeah. And so for a, you're talking about a chorus line. I need technique. Also, uh, it's a very long process. And Michael said, you know, take your time when you're casting because because that's 50 percent of your work is done. And so they have to dance for us. And if they can't dance, they better be hitting that Maggie note so that. Yeah. Or their personalities have to be close to the character. And so I take my time there. But, you know, what, am I, what do I look for um, when I'm doing, uh, I, I, at City Springs, I did uh, South Pacific. And, yeah. I, you know, I'm with, with the NAP. I'm doing other shows. I look for the passion mm-hmm. and, and um, that the, the actor has. If I'm not looking for a, tech, a technical, uh, you know, I'm looking for someone who really wants to be in the show. You know, not everybody goes to an audition and wants it. You right, know, right, But right. there is something that when somebody walks in the room, you just know that they're saying, this is my job. Right. Give it to me and I'm going to give you my all. Mm-hmm. And so what do I look for uh, other than a chorus line? Uh, I look for talent. Of course, talent is there. But I need to see your personality. That is the most important thing, I think. Your true personality and not something, you know, made up. Manufactured, yeah. You know, a lot of these kids are coming out of uh, graduating and they're right out of, you know, school. And they're used to, you know, uh, a certain way. And I'm a certain box, you know, and I'm going... I don't want all of that. I hear it, right. and I call it old tapes. You know, <laughs> the same thing again and again, yep. and again and again. No, I just want you to be yourself, be open and spontaneous. That's fantastic. But with a chorus line, I need technique. Yeah. If you're a dancer, and so we try to, you know, make the bar even. So an actor has to work on the dancing and the singing. A mm-hmm. singer has to work on the dancing and the acting. A dancer has to work, you know, so that yeah. so that everything is even and the bar is high. It is. Well, and I, you can sense that from the, just the way you're talking. Um, mm-hmm. Last question. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you were starting out at five years old or even eight years old? What do you know now that, that you wish you knew? What do I know now? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, at five, you don't know. You know, you just want to play and put on the costumes and the makeup. Right. <laughs> I think being on the other side, I, I never dreamed that I would be on the other side of the table. Yeah. Um, but of what I know now is that you get more with honey than with lemon. That, you know, it was a whole different generation where you would, you walked in and you were terrified mm-hmm. of, of the, of the um, creative team. You know, you wouldn't dare walk up to them or, or say anything. 
Um, I think it's it's very different now, and um, I think it's really good because because people can be themselves and and right. and do their best work and not be terrified that they're going to be fired or uh, they're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's really beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. Well, I want to thank you so much for all of the work that you've given us, the preservation, the history, um, and just uh, being so gracious with your time. Thank you so much, Bayork, for sharing thank with you, us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay! Thank you for listening to today's episode. And a big thanks to the punchy players, Jeff Marquis, who is bringing back Lucy, Betty, Judy, and Morda shill for us. And a big thanks to our sound editor, Daniel Schwartzberg, and social media manager, Bethany Ann Selecki. And don't forget, we want more folks to hear these incredible stories, and that's where you come in. In order for people to find out about us, we need lots of ratings on iTunes. So head on over to iTunes, search for Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends, click on our logo, click on ratings and reviews, then write a review and leave us five stars and make us feel as special as Eliza Doolittle on Eliza Doolittle Day. Or you can leave us just one star and you can make us feel as baddie, baddie, bad as Annie did in that really weird production in Boston where Annie dreamt that she was being adopted, but then she ended up back where in the orphanage, right? Back where she started. Yeah, true story. Rob saw it. Yes, and it was Batty. It was bizarre. I was there. I was. Oh, God. So head on over to iTunes and make us feel even more special than we already do. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.